When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome in to questions from the audience on the Tim McKernan Show. On the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, flying solo this week. Gangster Pete and I not able to work out our schedules to do the program in the normal HomeLoanExpert.com studios. So I'm back in my basement for a Wednesday night recording. Uh, It is July 22nd, 2020. As I am sitting here, I just got done watching a portion of the St. Louis County executive debate, and I have flipped over and I am now watching, uh, for the first time, the Cardinals play another team, albeit an exhibition game against the Royals, and uh, in front of no fans at Bush Stadium. First time in my life I've ever experienced that, which I would imagine is the same thing for those of you who saw it earlier today as well. I'm watching on uh, on delay. So um, I always enjoy doing questions from the audience. As I say, Gangster Pete and I have been doing it together um, in the radio station studios. feels like for the last couple of months, um, and I love having Gangster Pete there. I love Gangster Pete's, uh, I don't know what the right way to describe Part of it is I don't give a fuck approach. Um, I'm envious of it in some capacity. Um, and I also like having somebody to bounce things off of at the same time. Um, I enjoy when I'm sitting down in my basement as I am right now. Um, and just being able to wax poetic on whatever topic is sent to me via email or on the TMA fan page, email team McKernan at inside STL.com. And it's just kind of uh, mind-expanding um, podcasts in which I, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but um, I'm looking forward to going through the questions. Had a bunch emailed, and then we uh, did this thing this week on the TMA fan page, and the background is is so often in the questions that we get asked, a lot of times... I feel like the audience doesn't necessarily want our opinions, but our read on the pulse. And so what I wanted to do was ask people, granted, it, you know, it's, it's a relatively speaking small sample size, I think probably seven, 800 votes, but that's a, you know, it's a substantial, it's a substantial size um, for, a, for a standard poll. Um, I, I saw a poll recently and I think it was for St. Louis County Executive, and I think they pulled 1,000 people. Now, they go out of their way to have a cross-section to be more representative. I recognize our audience on the TMA fan page is mostly male, mostly white, mostly 20s, 30s, 40s. Uh, so it is not a fair representation across the board. But of our radio audience, uh, it certainly is. And, um, and so we have a wide variety of poll questions there in addition to, and the results, and then in addition to that, 
um, a bunch of questions, both via email, tmckernanatinsidestl.com, and also on the TMA fan page, because I posted about a half hour ago or so that I was going to record this, and I said, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a mood to, to, to talk, so uh, fire away. I think part of it is, first off, part of it's night, a little different. Do the radio show in the morning. Did a uh, sound story interview, the family interviews, as we call them, um, after the radio show. If you are interested in having your family member interviewed, email me, tmckernan at insidestl.com. Love doing those things. I really do. Um, at this point, I think we've probably done around 35 to 40. Um, and it just is the best when people listen and then send an email um, with their reaction and how much uh, it, it means to them to know that they have their loved one, father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, whatever the case might be, recorded forever and their story. I mean, that's a great thing. And, um, and I love doing it. I really love doing it. Um, and I want to say this, you know, I, I, I've, part of me, I've actually thought about um, writing this and I probably could do a better job writing it because this is kind of spur of the moment here, but I do want to say this. I think that there is a misguided, now I can say misguided, perspective for younger people that oftentimes older people are the reason for take your pick of whatever um, ism may be plaguing American society at this particular moment, i.e., if one is in their 70s or 80s, he or she most likely carries bigoted views, not limited to race, and um, potentially a narrow-minded worldview or political opinion. And in doing as many of these interviews as I've done, um, one of the questions that people... Um, answer. It's like a, I don't even know. I don't even think it's 10 question background um, questionnaire that uh, people fill out before they come in. And then we just wind up BSing for about an hour, hour and a half and talking life story, but then also some questions such as this one. What is the biggest change for the better and the biggest change for the worse you've seen in your lifetime? And you're talking about, I've interviewed people um, I, in the 90s, actually. Um, and I think I've interviewed people as young as in their 50s. So, you know, a great cross-section age-wise. And I have to tell you this. Be, you know, like I said, I think I could do a much better job writing it out. But, you know, this is where we are at this particular moment. It has been beautiful is the word I'm going to use. To hear the responses of people who, you know, were born in the 30s or 40s in many cases, um, and their reaction to the divisiveness of 
American politics at this moment. And in addition to that, as opposed to what I think most people would say, what I think would probably be in vogue on Twitter, um, a real disdain for bigotry. Um, and it's not, it's not something, listen, I don't, you know, almost all of the time, these interviews and 90 plus percent of these interviews are talking about the person who I'm sitting with in their life story and their family members and significant moments in their lives. So it isn't like I ask for them to, I even ask their political views at all. It's not something that it's just not, that's not what the interview is. This is, these are private interviews and these are for family members and friends of these people. And that's it. This is not something for me uh, to ever uh, play publicly unless something significant happened in the interview and somebody would want to share that with, with their permission. Point being, it's private. And so these are 100% real thoughts. And I don't know how many times, especially with the ones done recently, because I started doing these in December of 2019 and, um, and then stopped doing them uh, when we moved down to Jupiter for spring training in February and March. And when we came back, you know, considering the circumstances, we weren't doing them. And we didn't start doing them again, I think, until mid-June. So there is the pre-pandemic version of the interview. And there's the, the as we are living in, the pandemic portion of the interview. But in addition to that... There is also the post-George Floyd element. And it's not, I don't even know if I've said the name in any of these interviews, but it, of course, is an undercurrent in the discussions. And it is, again, the word I use is beautiful. Um, Beautiful because I know it's sincere, but also beautiful because it's, it, it, it proves something that, like I said, would probably not be what people think on Twitter. Oh, we just need this generation to die off or whatever the case might be. Something that really wouldn't, you take a step back, yeah, that's a pretty shitty thing to say. But I, but I also understand where people are coming from. They say it. they need that mindset to die off. But what I'm telling you is, and these are in private conversations that are that recorded for friends and family only, that there is a disdain, a hatred of bigotry. There is not a, well, now that I'm in here, I can tell you the biggest change that really bothers me is seeing all of the acceptance of gays or all of the interracial relationships or, or, or something, whatever that you would think, I think, that people would assume somebody who may be in their 70s, 80s, or 90s and um, living in the Midwest would espouse uh, certainly I think that would be a narrative on social media. And it's the, comp- it's the absolute opposite. Um, and I'm not saying that that means across the board. I'm just saying the people I have spoken with, which is not something that was even on my mind. I'm conducting an interview, you know, for, f- to tell this person's life story. But it comes up when I ask that question, what is it you've seen change the most and what is it you've seen change the least and you know what's been the best and what's been the worst with regard to change and especially recently especially recently and I guess I've probably done about 10 since I've been back in in in, in back in the studio as well so since mid-june something along those lines 
And I'd have to say 75% of the people said it really bothers them that what they saw in the 1960s with regard to protests and race relations, and here we are 50-plus years later, and they feel like they're seeing it again and there hasn't been that much progress relative to the fact that it still has to go on. And this isn't even a question I ask. It just comes up because of that question, which is not directed toward politics at all. And a number of them have said, again, totally not provoked, that they feel like they are reliving that incredibly significant time period in the late 1960s, whether it be the 68 um, presidential election, um, obviously a, a you know, different circumstance with regard to, to RFK, um, but the protests, the chaos, the tension, the clear time of change, um, something that they hadn't up until the last few months recognized that climate reappearing. It was a unique time the late 1960s, when you combine Vietnam, you combine protests with regard to Vietnam, race relations, um, assassinations throughout the 1960s, and the presidential election of 68, uh, the change in music and sexual norms, and Woodstock and everything that came with it, the way that decade started versus the way that decade ended you know, within the last 80 years of American history, um, yeah, I mean, no decade, is, I mean, from my standpoint anyway, has a, has a wider delta. I have no idea what to make of the, the 2020s. This thing is, is off to one hell of a start. But it's so interesting to me when I'm sitting and listening, and I just love these conversations. I can't tell you how much I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the fulfillment for the people who um, order them, and knowing how happy and, and, and just a feeling of security, essentially, that you know you're going to have your loved one's voice forever and their story told forever and no regret that you didn't do it. I love that. But I love the conversations. I just love the conversations. I just To hear people's stories. Um, but when they talk about the 1960s, you know, everybody always says, in some of the cases, they can remember where they were when Pearl Harbor took place or hearing about Pearl Harbor. Um, but certainly can remember, I think everybody I've spoken with, of course, can remember where they were when they found out that JFK was assassinated. Um, Similarly, they have strong opinions on the late 1960s. And, I mean, again, reiterating what I said a little earlier, there was nothing in the 70s or 80s or 90s or 2000s or the teens that mimicked what they are seeing now to 1968-1969. And there's always this reaction of never thought I'd see it again, can't believe I'm seeing it now, kind of a, an awe. And, the, and, and again, it's not like they're like, I got to play to an audience here. This is for their, I mean, hell, in some cases, maybe four or five people are going to hear the interview. And just across the board, almost a sadness that it's, 
and not like a, I don't believe this is real or, or condemnation. It's just not where it is. And honestly, listen, this is on me, man. That's not what I would have expected. So that's a prejudice on my part. And, you know, there's just, okay, you're, you know, in your 70s or 80s and you have your views and your views are where they are. And, you know, and that's just not, that's just not the way this has been. And it's a, it's a great thing because one of the things that I love about these interviews, in addition to what I was talking about, the people ordering them and, you know, the security, they'll always know they have these interviews, um, is in the stories that I get to hear the wisdom, the wisdom, it is, it's invaluable. And I get to sit there and it's almost like a, it's almost like a, a college lecture. And I don't use the term lecture negatively. I, I use it as this is, it's, it's a great thing to be able to hear it. Cause I am, it's, it's like a course on wisdom and the clarity that one has when they're in their seventies or eighties or nineties because they've traveled the road that I have not traveled yet, that I would imagine most of you listening have not traveled yet, and the perspective they have because they've traveled the road. And so now that they have traveled the road, the vast majority of them don't go, yeah, I really uh, hold true to the crap that I may have heard you know, when I was a teenager pre-civil rights, um, or yeah, what in the world is the deal when I see two guys holding hands or kissing or something like that? It's just, it's kind of a, people should be able to love whoever they want to love. Why wouldn't people be able to be treated equally? And in addition, it's a shame that we're seeing this stuff going on right now. And it just, it really, you know, I don't know, makes me thrilled that there is that that perspective because I consider them to have the right answers. Even though I realize a lot of it's subjective, when you have traveled the road, you know. You know what you're going to experience on the journey because you've been there. And everything always for the people comes back to family. You know, one of the questions that that they're asked is... um, what do you know now, 70, 80 years old, whatever it is, that you would have never believed is the truth if you would have told yourself when you were 20? In other words, 50, 60 years removed, you're like, this is the way that it is, and I would have never believed it when I was 20. And they immediately, you know, light up, and so much of it goes back to family. But almost so, also so much of it is appreciate, appreciate, appreciate the present, appreciate the great times, don't sweat the small stuff. And I think, and I'm trying to kind of do the math on how so many of these people have this perspective, is you kind of look back on you, go, God, this stuff that I spent time worrying about or the people around me spent time worrying about now that, you know, I've lived a full life, I realize it was divisive for no reason and a waste of time. And so that makes me feel good in the sense that they arrive at a kind of a common truth. And 
and I want to I want to express that to the people listening to this because I'm sure for a lot of you it might surprise you, um, as it did me, and I was wrong, and I'm glad I was wrong. But the wisdom is so impressive. Uh, impressive isn't the right word. I feel so fortunate to hear it, and. And it and it's it's kind of like I, I already know what's coming before I even get to the questions because it is essentially a commonality. It's going to be family, and it's going to be don't sweat the small stuff, and it's going to be gratitude, and um, in that sense, it's very it's it's just a very positive thing, um, and that makes me feel really good that people who grew up at a much different time in American history actually have views of equality. And it's not, and again, I, I realize it's not across the board. I want to make that clear. But I think the stereotype is, well, they're older, and once they die off, everything will be better. As if it's the old people who are on Twitter causing all hell to break loose with people attacking people on Twitter. You know, so... Um, it's just, but that's been a real positive experience with these, uh, these interviews. And it's, it's certainly not, it wasn't even on, I mean, for those of you who've been listening to this podcast, if you've been listening to it for the last, I guess the idea popped up in December, maybe November of 2019. So you know what the incentive was, uh, how, how this, these family podcasts, these sound story interviews, how it came up. Um, with people asking me to interview my dad and I just was uncomfortable with it because I, th- I worried we'd wind up weeping and I didn't want to do that. Um, and then somebody emailed, then a few people actually emailed me or DM'd me and said, listen, if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your son and your brother's kids. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. And then I was thinking, for as much as I love to listen to interviews, how great would it be if I could be just driving around and listening to my grandparents tell their stories or their great, or their, their parents tell their, I mean, what I just, I would love it. Oh my God. It's like an audio family tree because you hear the stories of your family and that person's voice is always recorded. And so I was thrilled that it became clearly something that people wanted. I mean, obviously we've re- re- recorded a bunch of these now, but the thing that I didn't expect is the wisdom and the perspective. Now you take a step back and you, of course, there's going to be wisdom, but it's just not what I was thinking is a motive to do this. And I've loved it. And, um, and again, they're private, but if you could hear them, I think you would feel, I think you'd feel better about humanity and life. Um, and in particular with what's going on right now. And I, I'll tell you, that's, that's not what I would have thought. So there is kind of my opening monologue. Um, on uh, on that because it just stood out to me because I did want to write about it. I'm sure I could uh, convey it better via the written word, but it stood out to me because I was talking about what I had done today and done TMA and then um, and then a family interview sound story um, with a uh, a listener's I believe father and um, and that was great. Just a happy man, was a marine spent 13 months in Vietnam, you know, to hear those stories, it's just an honor. And then the wisdom of, uh, you know, now being in his seventies and being able to look back on things. And then after that, uh, went to the golf course with my son 
who, you know, is, is, is two and somehow loves being out there for a full round of golf, which I just feel, I just, I feel lucky to be able to do that and lucky that he wants to do it and that it's something he wants to do. It's not like I'm like, all right, you're going to go out there and you're going to become, you know, Amarillo Woods and you're Tiger. And, you know, if you listen, if you don't want to play golf, you don't play golf. You don't want to play any sports and play sports. I don't give a shit. But, you know, I, any chance I can give my wife to have some time um, of peace, one of those things that when you're when you don't have kids, you don't understand. And then you have, and I only have one. Uh, and I can't imagine what it's like for those of you with, you know, multiple, uh, but, um, you know, time off just, you know, an afternoon of serenity and he, he loves going to the driving range with me. And, uh, and I said, Hey, James, you want to go to the golf course with dad? Yeah. And then he just runs to the car and, and like, all right. And then he's out there. And I don't know how many times, this is probably five or six times where he's on the course for all 18 holes and I know he's going to behave himself. So it's not like it's just me and him. Sometimes it is. But it's a foursome, you know, and it's people really playing, but I know he's not going to cause shit, so it's great. And so then I come home, and uh, and that's that's where we are now, had dinner, and now I'm in the basement, and that's, uh, that's why I was on the uh, here's what happened today in the family interview thing, and that's why I wanted to lead with that. Before I go into a few questions, I did this Gallup poll thing where I wanted to get people's answers because we get asked these questions and now it'll give me some perspective. So I said, I'm just going to hit you with a bunch of the questions that we get asked and then see where the people are. And granted, it, it, it's exclusively on the TMA fan page. And I realize plenty of people don't have Facebook accounts. It's specific to the radio show's listenership. So it's not fully representative. But with that said, you know, it's a few hundred votes for each one of these questions and give you a perspective. Uh, and I'm just going in, in, there's no particular order. This is the one that um, that I clicked on first when I searched my hashtag Gallup Palooza. Do you believe in God slash a higher power? 399 voted yes, 146 voted no. Now, I made it yes or no. The real answer is there wasn't really a whole lot of thought process on it. Um I think if I would have included, and I'm not sure, um, I don't know, I don't think it would have won, I think it would have lowered the yeses and lowered the noes, maybe it would have lowered the noes more. I know I would have voted in that category, um, and if I have to vote on the yes or no, um, I would vote no, but my real answer is I don't know, and I'm hoping so. Um, but in this case, a, a basically 400 to 150, essentially, that's the number. Uh, 400 to 150 voted yes. And I guess that's about right. If you would have told me that's, you know, you're talking about 73-ish percent, I think, if I'm able to do the math on the fly. Are saying yes. I think I, I maybe would have said I would have thought it would be a little lower, but not much. This is about that's about the right number if I were guessing, uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to do with these to see if it was what I thought it would be with the audience. Um, so you know, you're talking about three out of four. So um, saying yes. Um, listen, I, I I'll, I'll tell you where I am on it. I wish my answer was yes. That's 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 my 
I mean, be the greatest. I'm envious, like I started at the outset of this podcast. I'm envious of Gangster Pete's I don't give a fuck attitude. I'm envious of people who have religious faith, who can, by the way, along those lines, actually, let's just speaking of Christianity specifically, because that's that's my background as a Catholic, um, who actually have the faith and then practice the teachings, not this hijacked version that you use to get voted into office uh, and then justify being a dick. I'm talking about the actual teachings of Jesus Christ, which are beautiful. But this this version that's emerged over the last 40 years, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the Bible they were teaching us at St. Gabriel's in St. Louis U High it was a different version. Uh, you know, Jerry Falwell did his own. I don't know, but that I don't recognize this stuff, and I'm not on board with that. But I'm talking about people who can actually live the do unto others and truly believe that there is an eternal life and so on. I mean, I, why wouldn't you? Be? That would be a great thing. It would be a great way to go through life. Um, and I would love it if I reached that. I'm not looking, by the way, uh, to for an email to save me I think I'm probably beyond and I'm not actually saying that as a joke I really think that but but it's it's not to me about oh I got to you know say this or accept this or any of the the rituals it's about how you from my standpoint how you treat people and whether that person's Christian Catholic Jewish Muslim Buddhist agnostic atheist I take your pick doesn't matter that's where I am um And uh, this particular poll with this particular audience, about 70 plus percent said they do believe in God. Um, And I know we had another uh, two that were more in the belief category. Do you believe there is life beyond Earth? Essentially extraterrestrials, although it was not um, it was not limited to uh, that. Essentially, it could be a one cell organism. I was expecting this to be in the 90 plus percent and that is uh that's what we got 90 plus percent yes and that's i think this is something uh so it's 663 voted yes 68 voted no i honestly don't know how somebody could vote no but as i say that i know there are people who have reached out to me and by the way not in an asshole way who say they have no idea how I could say I don't believe in God. So we may have something in common, just it's a different question. I just have no idea how you could vote no. But at at the same time, I'm sure people listen to me say I don't believe in God. If, If you had to give me a yes or no, again, my answer is really I don't know. I hope the answer is yes. Um, but if I have to go yes or no, I'm going no. And go, how in the world can you say that? And that might be similar to my reaction when somebody votes no on, do I believe that, the, do you believe there's life beyond Earth? I mean, it's just like, it's, it, from my standpoint, like if that, if that were something I could bet on and not be paid back for 10 years, I would find a way to get as much money as possible to bet the yes as I could. It is, it is the lock of locks. It was like betting against Missouri football last year, you know, uh, while some people would like jerk themselves off into a frenzy that Barry Odom was the answer and spin whatever bullshit they could to like, oh, it's, you know, it's turning the corner and you got to, you know, we're going to bulls around here and that crap. 
And you go, no, you're just a bad football team and not going anywhere. Bet against them. And, and you'd be like, this is too good to be true. But okay, bet against them. That's, that's how I am on this. This is like, this. Is the, look at the, you know, the math. It's as five-star lock as it gets. Um, but you know what? I don't know. Just like with the religion thing. I don't know. But that's where I am on that one. The audience is there as well with 90 plus percent. And then this one, do you believe ghosts exist? And this 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 got more polarizing than any other. It's it's, it's close to 50-50 of the three believe questions. Um, it's basically, I guess, uh, what the math would be. I guess it's about 60%, 62% no. But a healthy percent, you know, 38%-ish of yes. And, and I thought the answers on this, as far as the comments, were the most... Um, Eye-opening of the three, do you believe? Do you believe in God? Do you believe in uh, life uh, beyond Earth? And do you believe in ghosts? At first off, as I said, it's cl- the closest to 50-50 of them. And then secondly, um, a few people said, you know, I know people are going to think I'm crazy or it's kind of embarrassing to say. And until it happened to me, I would have absolutely voted no. But since it did happen to me, it's a yes, and then people told a few stories, and and I'm just like, here's what I know for me on this one. The answer is no for me. Again, the answer to all three is really I don't know, but if I'm having to vote, it's no. And what I would say is this. What I, and of course, I don't, the real answer is I really don't know, but my worldview if there are ghosts, it's like it blows the whole thing up. It blows the whole thing up. Um, you know, if there's like, as I'm sitting here, there's like a, a ghost watching me talk in my basement. You know, I mean, how the hell do you explain that? Can't. So what, what science explains that? So, um, blows things up. I'm sure it would blow things up for some religions as well. So when I read people, people, by the way, who I'm like, oh, I, I know this guy and he's got his shit together. What the fuck? You know, that's eye opening. Um, and uh, it gives me pause. I'm still on the no train. But, you know, I remember I mean, just kind of like matter of factly um, someone I was close with. I, I recall telling a story of being in a camp. And it's like, oh, I mean, I know ghosts exist. And I'm just like, okay, you know, you're saying that really kind of casually for something that's a pretty substantial statement. Well, yeah, we were in camp, and in the middle of the night, we looked over, and there was a girl kind of like glowing, lying on, on the floor, playing on the floor, lying on the floor, something like that. And we just kind of knew it, and she didn't do anything. We just, I'm just like, what? I mean, how, I, you know... Like the Tupac hologram at Coachella fucked me up, much less, you know, if I'm lying in bed and there's like a girl playing, like a hologram playing on the uh, the carpet. Be like, what the? I mean, I, I. But some people are just kind of matter of fact about it. And also, some people are like, it scares the shit out of me. At the same time, nothing happened, but there was no way to explain it, or, yeah, this just happened, and it's, I'm kind of embarrassed to talk about it. So I don't know. I am. I, I. I have to say this. It's. It's very. Um, 
it's you know it's uh it's 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 low rent district uh podcasting but i don't care i mean what me talking stag is as well that it it fascinates the hell out of me absolutely fascinates the hell out of me so if you got ghost stories, send them in. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Hey, I'm in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, and those studios are my basement this week. Ryan Kelly is who I refinanced this basement, this home with, in uh, the month of April. And if you are looking to save some money, man, this is, uh, this is just me talking to you because it's the truth. I was talking with... Um, an advisor and the advisor said, you know, you really ought to look into refinancing. Interest rates are so low. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. But I think at the time I was in Jupiter for spring training. And I was like, I just don't want to, I just don't want to deal with the paperwork and all the bullshit. I just, I just, it's not what I want to do. And then I did it and it was so easy. It was all done remotely. It was, I mean, it was so easy. Ryan's staff, thehomeloanexpert.com, is so good. It was so easy. And then as far as closing goes, especially right now, people are careful about where they're going and what they're doing and all that. It was a 10-minute process for me and my wife, and it was over. And, oh, look, you know, our payment's been reduced by 20-plus percent. And I'm kicking myself for not doing it earlier. That's what I'm really thinking. So do it now. The HomeLoanExpert.com, Ryan Kelly, studio sponsor here on the Tim McKernan Show. Uh, more from the, the Gallup Palooza. Um, this one, well, you know what? I'm not going to start with this one. Um, well, here's one that was kind of on its own island. What is the most adventurous you have gotten sexually? Just me and my significant other. These were the choices listed. Just me and my significant other. Uh, the less popular MFF, i.e. a threesome where it is uh, one guy and two girls. The more popular MMF, and for those of you who don't listen to TMA and you're listening to this, you're going, what in the world is this guy doing? Um, but it's a inside TMA joke. MMF, uh, two guys, one girl. Uh, MFMF, uh, couples, and then more people than just an MFMF. And so I know noticeably the votes were not nearly as high on this one as for the others. I guess some people just listen, I get it. I think I think talking about sex for many people, you're raised to think or to that it's just, you know, uncouth. Uh, For me personally, I just find it. I don't even find it titillating. I find it fascinating. And I guess I also I think I enjoy when. I know that somebody is comfortable with me and if somebody is willing to talk about sex or religion or politics for that matter um, and like really having, you know, kind of a in-depth discussion and not a, hey, did you see this story that, you know, uh, so-and-so posted on Facebook, but like a real, I'm talking about like like a Facebook meme factory out of Moscow. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, that I love it. I'm in, man. I, I, you give me a couple of drinks and just bullshitting about that stuff, and I'm in all day long. And I probably why I like doing interviews. So some people probably didn't want to say anything because you know you can see who votes for what. So you know, whereas we got six, seven, eight hundred votes for all the other questions. This one, I think we got shit. I don't even know if we got two hundred, three hundred votes. Uh, the winner, just me and my significant other, for if we are saying it was about, it wasn't 300 votes, 
275, 200 of the 275 voted just me and my significant other. The less popular MFF second, so the threesome that, uh, you know, I, I would say, but maybe I'm wrong because I was chastised on the text inbox on the radio show one time for saying that what guy would not want a, a threesome with another girl. And uh, a couple of people really were banty that I said that. And I'm like, okay, I mean, God bless you. To, again, to each your own. If, 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 if a listener does not want a threesome with another girl, it impacts me in no other way. So I, that was, uh, it was an irresponsible comment on my part. Uh, the more popular M- uh, MMF is uh, in third. MFMF uh, in fourth, barely edging out more people than just an MFMF. Um, let's see if I'm trying to analyze the numbers, 200 to 200. So I guess about 20, 18% have had a threesome with another girl, um, a a monster drop off between that and the more popular MMF and then a relatively speaking drop off on the MFMF and then the more people than just an MFMF. Um, my answer, I'm proud to say, is more people than just an MF, MF, um, and don't even really bat an eye about it. You know, I don't know. I, I just don't really think anything of it. Um, but, but at the same time, I, I also kind of think that for most people in 2020, at least, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Most of this polling data was kind of what I thought it would be, though. Um, that nobody, that I don't say nobody really cares, but for people in their twenties, thirties, and forties, it's kind of like, all right, it does. It, it's kind of a, which is, you know, yeah, okay, you know, maybe thirty years ago, if you would have been like, holy shit, that guy's gay, and they're, they know, that's a gay guy with a, another guy, and they're gay, and it's holy shit, it's gay, and I think now, I realize there are some people usually posting in comment sections, dog avatars, but. Most people are just like, okay, whatever, who fucking cares? For like, like I don't care. Like, I just, I don't care. You know, it just great. Just don't even, whatever. You know, it just doesn't matter. Which, by the way, I think is great. That's what I, that to me is what you want it to be. It's like, oh, you know, another guy announced he's out of the closet in the NBA or the NFL or something like that. And just like, oh, okay, sweet. You know, God bless him. Hope everything's good. You know, just like whatever. And that to me is a sign of progress, not necessarily, you know, giving awards every time it happens. I realize there are trailblazers, of course, but I'm talking about just, it's like, okay, that's what he or she does behind closed doors and God bless America. Great. You know, now if somebody fucks with somebody because of it, that changes it. But ideally it's just like, okay, you know, you know, he's into guys, he's married to a guy, she's into girls, she's married to a girl, whatever, or they're a hetero, you know, they're, he's hetero, or she's hetero, whatever, who fucking cares, they're bi, he's bi, she's bi, whatever, so with that said, um, I don't know, I guess I would have, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if the numbers necessarily surprise me, I guess I'm surprised that there were only five people, of course, maybe people just don't want to post it, only five people, but again, only 275 voted, who have had uh, an experience where there was more people than just an MFMF. Um, the number of threesomes, when you include the MMF and the MFF, is about 20%. 
I would say if we were like on a truth serum here and we were to pull the TMA radio audience, do I think that more than one out of five of the audience members have participated in a threesome? Ha, <sighs> it's tough. That's that's the right number in Las Vegas. I would say yes. Um but I don't know. I mean, I'm you know, I'm kind of, I mean, you know, what I was doing in the early 2000s, like I look back on it and at the time it seemed completely normal, but I look back on it and I'm just like, wow, that's really you know, and by that I mean, you know, going to strip bars every weekend. Every weekend, every weekend, and then like being pissy, like an addict almost, uh, if we didn't go one weekend. And by the way, it wouldn't be like we're just going to go over there and get drinks, like kind of like the bars closed. You're going. I mean, we we were. I mean, this was these were these were five a.m. sessions. Um, you know the the you know. So I, I look back on it and I'm going, to me that was normal, but I recall when I was having my sleep issues and couldn't figure out for the life of me why I had sleep problems. And I don't remember the dot. I only saw him one time probably because he's like this fucking guy. But I'm probably 26 or 7. I'm doing television at KMOV. Uh, five days a week and radio at KFNS five days a week, but I was working on the weekends at KMOV in addition to three days during the week, which meant I was working seven days a week. And so initially, one person's like, you're going to have to quit one of the two jobs because you can't do this, and it's why you are exhausted. And since I really didn't like the TV job and it had gotten to a point where I was making twice as much doing radio and it had a normal schedule of five days a week and there were weekdays and I liked it better, I'm like, good, now I, now I, can, I can justify leaving TV. When in reality, I saw a doctor and the doctor goes, okay, when, when time do you go to bed this weekend? I go, oh, Friday night, I don't know, five or six. And he said, five six in the afternoon or in the morning and I said the morning and he goes and then what about Saturday what time did you get up and I go noon and what time did you go to bed on Saturday night like four and he's looking at me and he's going well I mean that's your problem you don't really have a sleep problem it's your behavior it's a delayed sleep pattern you go to and he's just looking at me like what what is your deal you're like you're you're almost 30 how do you not how, why are you in here asking me this shit this is so obvious and that's what i'm saying I, you know what the fuck's going on with me that's what i'm saying I should change the name of the podcast to that what the fuck's going on with me and I, and I, but that's what i did that's what we did that's what we did and it was a sta- it was just standard operating procedure and now, here in 2020, it's not. Listen, I mean, it, yeah, I realize. Let's t- let's 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 take it. Let's go to December 2019. So we're going pre-pandemic. Because I realize now, if you're if you're going to the strip bar now, now at that point, that might you might need to see my guy. Uh, if you're like, yeah, I mean, I just can't help myself. I've got to you know sit under a tarp so I can get it. That's a different deal. Let's talk about December ni- 2019 and before the strip club. I don't know when the last time I've been to one is like it's 
I don't know when the last time I've been to the east side is, whereas it used to be a regular deal, and I don't even know Las Vegas, South Florida. It, just, it isn't, I mean, it's just, it, and it isn't even remotely tempting to me. I'm sure I have been in the last few years, but I really don't remember. I mean, it's kind of like, okay, we'll go. This is going to be a, you know, expensive booze, and I got to navigate getting dry fucked for, you know, sitting in a chair and all of a sudden I'm getting dry humped and pay 50 bucks for it. You know, it's not what I'm looking to do. So there has been either a progression or regression depending on where you're coming from. But living that life at that time, it was just, you know, it was a different situation. And I, and I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into like I was, you know, touring with Led Zeppelin or something like that because that's not what it was but it just it also that stuff wasn't really a big deal and I don't know I don't because because I also recognize that nobody like for real and I'm not saying this is a brag I'm saying this is a wow yeah I was pretty fucked up and now I can see it I don't know if I think it's fucked up it's just definitely a unique behavioral pattern of of the let's say a thousand people were to have voted on this poll, there was only there was only one person. If I were one of the people to vote, who spent you know a, a large portion of the first decade of this century at strip bars. So it's it's I'm on an island there, um, and then therefore the the behaviors that that can lead to again which I enjoyed the hell out of I did there isn't a there isn't a sliver of regret on that it was great it was fun I think it's healthy as fuck and it was a great time um and it wasn't like drug use or anything like that it was just, it was just a good time but um I didn't think anything of it and maybe now with the benefit of um taking a step back Okay, well, that was probably that probably was that wasn't commonplace. But I don't. I'm comfortable talking. I don't know. I'm just, it just I don't know, it doesn't. So, yeah, I, th- I think the number's probably about right. I guess if you're telling me, I mean, there's no way to ever answer this. I'm essentially arguing with myself. Of the TMA listeners, do I think more than one out of five have had at least a threesome, whether it be MFF, MMF? I'd go yes, but I do think it's probably in that one out of five range. And then if I were to if I were to just narrow it down to twenty somethings, I don't know. I don't because I've kind of gotten from some of my twenty something compadres with whom I work that it isn't as common as it might be for those who are in their thirties now. Not that they're necessarily doing it but that they did do it in their teens or their 20s, and now it's not as common. I don't fucking know one way or the other, uh, being 43, but, you know, because I'm kind of like, all right, if you're going to a club, is you would just assume that as time goes on that it's going to be more and more common, more and more, or I should say, less and less inhibited. I don't know. I'm all for it. God bless, enjoy, whatever the hell you want to enjoy. Um, but for our audience here today with Gallup Palooza, just me and my significant other is the winner. All right, now we go into politics. And uh, 
And this one, um, let's see, um, on the presidential election um, is, you know, let's see if I can get the poll question. Here we go. Um, Who did you vote for in the 2016 presidential election? Who do you plan to vote for in the 2020 presidential election? So it's a two-parter. And then I gave as many options as I could. And I'm sure I didn't include everything. Um, Trump. Trump. So that means you voted for Trump in 2016. You plan to vote for Trump in 2020. Clinton. Biden. Third-party Biden. Uh, Third-party Trump. Trump Biden, Clinton Trump, didn't vote third party, didn't vote Biden, didn't vote Trump, uh, Clinton then Trump, either Clinton won't vote, didn't vote, whatever. All the, the, the every I, I think every damn choice under the rainbow is there. So what do we have? Uh, we certainly got a hell of a lot more votes on this than we did on the threesome question, which from my standpoint is disappointing, but it's also understandable. And I'm doing the math on the fly, and I would say we got about 700-plus votes. Um, The winner, with 270 votes, uh, people voted for Trump in 2016, and they plan to vote for him again in 2020. Finishing in second with literally, not bullshitting you, nine votes separating first place and second place, uh, people voted Clinton in 2016 and will vote Biden in 2020. I guess that's probably not all that surprising as far as those two being neck and neck at the top. Here is what I thought was interesting. And this might be kind of a flashpoint piece of data. Granted, you know, Missouri is what, 95% plus to go in to uh, Donald Trump's category um, on November 3rd. But but as far as a national thing, what finished third? Third party, the, the people voted for third party in 2016, but 74 voted third party in 2016, and they will be voting for Biden in 2020. Finishing fourth, third party in 2016, third party in 2020. I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised by third party, then Biden, and then I'm surprised by third party, third party. Um, In other words, I guess I'm surprised by third party. But, you know, you take a step back and you go, okay, you know, in my case, I mean, as I've said hundreds of times on this podcast, I'll say it again. There's just I, I don't I don't know who you could put on the, the ballot where I would vote for Donald Trump for real. I felt that way in 2016 because Hillary Clinton would probably be one of the people where I would go, oh my God, I've got to vote for Hillary Clinton. Holy shit, that's where I was, which was probably where some people were for. Oh my God, I can't believe this, but I got to vote for Donald Trump because I can't vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, but for me, I mean, it's just you know, it's just as airtight of a, it's not even a sweat. It's not that I'm going, oh, my God, this is great. Joe Biden is is the choice. I'm going, oh, my God, I can't believe that, you know, for this election, this is who the Democrats are going to run. But OK, whatever. And I think that is 
where most people who will be voting for Joe Biden fall. It is an anti-Trump vote, not a pro-Biden vote. Um, similarly, in 2016, where you had people really voting against the other one, not necessarily voting for, although certainly I think there was more voting for Donald Trump than there was voting for Hillary Clinton. But I'm surprised by that much third party. Um, and I think it's significant that third party Biden received 74 votes. And by that, I mean voted third party in 2016 and now voting for Biden in 2020. For the record, third party in 2016 and Trump in 2020 received a total of seven votes. Um, so just a fun fact for uh, no one tell there. Um, voted for Trump and I asked, this is important too. It's not a huge number, but it's significant. Uh, Trump in 2016, Biden in 2020, 21 votes there. Didn't vote in 2016, will vote for Biden in 2020. Uh, that received 20 votes. And voted for Trump in 2016, will vote third party in 2020. That's uh, nine votes voted for Trump in 2016, will not vote in 2020. That's eight votes. And we had two people, I'd like to do a podcast with these people, um, who voted for, wow, uh, for Hillary Clinton in uh, 2016 and will vote for Donald Trump in 2020. I have to allocate about 70% that those are misclicks. I just don't know how that, but I mean, hey, I don't know. I, I don't know. That just is, is surprising to me. Didn't vote and then voting for Trump or third party and then voting for Trump. I get that. I just don't know how one could go from there to there, but maybe it's possible. I guess you have seven, 800 people voting. Anything's possible. So there is how that broke down. And I, I, I like to tell the story on the fan page um, as far as a data point goes uh, for the 2016 election, that with the benefit of hindsight should have been something that was eye-opening. And that's why I'm kind of focusing now on this this number that finished in, in third place, which is voted for a third party in 2016 and is going to vote for Biden in 2020. And that is this question, and I'm paraphrasing it. But the question was, and this is before the November 2016 election, if these candidates were available to run for president in November 2020, or November 2016, excuse me, who would you vote for? And we listed all of the November 2016 candidates, but then included Barack Obama, knowing, of course, that he cannot run, but giving that option. And Obama won going away. Trump finished in second. And dead serious. There were hundreds of votes. I, I to, to, to give a number would be unfair because I, at this point I'd just be guessing from memory. But hundreds of votes, no question. And I'm not bullshitting you that Hillary Clinton finished behind certainly Gary Johnson, libertarian candidate, but also um, Dr. Jill Stein, and I know there was another, uh, I think it was another lady who was running. Hillary Clinton was, was down below them. And here is, here is the person who wound up with the most popular votes, but also was considered at, the, at, that, at, you know, at that point to be the odds-on favorite to win. 
And and I think the mistake was it's like, wow, look how popular Barack Obama is. Um, when in reality, the takeaway should have been, wow, look how unpopular Hillary Clinton is. Because there were plenty of people who weren't voting for Donald Trump, but when they had the choice, they were going Barack Obama or they were going Gary Johnson, mainly. And that's why I said a little earlier, when you had um, this kind of these flashpoint pieces of data, it stands out to me. So this, this to me is interesting. The third party in 20... Uh, 16, and then a large number of people, basically 10%, third party, and then Biden. And then another approximate 10% third party and going to stay third party. But what I was going to say is, if you're voting in Missouri, you know, as I would be voting for um, Joe Biden, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm essentially, you know, why do you want to waste your vote voting on a third party? Well, I mean, I'm basically, well, quote unquote, wasting my vote too. It, it's not going to matter. But, you know, in principle... It's just one of those things for me. It's, it's important, um, as I'm sure it is for people who feel strongly about Donald Trump, that, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm going to cast my vote, even if I know that the outcome already. So that's, that's what some people who are people go, why would you vote third party? Well, I mean, I live in Missouri. I can vote for Biden, but I don't really align with him. Um, I don't really think highly of him. I'm not voting for Donald Trump, so I'm going to vote for third party. We already know Donald Trump wins the state, so who gives a shit? Um, and I, you know, I have to tell you, that's a great response. It's a great, it's a very fair response. So there is that. And then our final political question um, was who, if you go back to the 1980s, which might not be fair, um, uh, who is the best president dating back to the 1980s? And um, the winner... If I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at this date. I'm typing it in as I talk, which is just phenomenal broadcasting. Um, let's see. I'm, well, last time I saw it, now this is a couple days ago, was um, who do you, okay, the poll question was, who do you think the best president has been starting with the 1980s? So, I mean, at that point, you're including Reagan um, and then to present day. Reagan wins... With 353 votes, Obama second with 282 votes, Clinton 82 votes, so Obama 200 on the nose ahead of Clinton, Uh, Trump, who had like no votes and all of a sudden a Sunday charge, uh, 19 19 votes, Um, George W. Bush 16 votes, and George H.W. Bush, eight votes. Um, it's interesting to me, you know, just kind of now I'm looking at it, because Reagan's two terms, Obama's two terms, Clinton's two terms, um, still TBD on Trump, George W. Bush, two terms, and only uh, since 1981. How about that? Uh, it's been nothing but two-termers, with with the exception of George H.W. Bush. Uh, so how about that? That's something else. So um, if, if you were to ask me how I think this would go, I would have said Reagan. I would have said, I think, Reagan anyway. And then you factor in that you know 
that oh, I think I mean it would have been shocking to me if Obama wasn't second. Uh, and uh, you know Obama and Clinton are going to divide some up, and that's what wound up happening here. So like anybody who's Republican voted for Reagan. You had 19 people out of 700 vote for Trump. Uh, and you wouldn't have expected many George W. Bush votes, uh, 16 there, and H.W. Bush, 8 votes. H.W. Bush was actually in fourth place when I last saw this thing. So I don't know what happened here. It was like a get out the vote for Trump with like 10 people. Um, But, uh, I mean, it's about because Obama and Clinton's going to divide it up, and then there's not going to be that much passion for Trump Bush or H.W. Bush. So I would have said that's what I, you know, I, it's for me to, I don't even feel like I'm, I don't even know if I'm qualified to comment on any of it, honestly, but I certainly can't speak to the 1980s and I really don't think I feel like I can speak to the 1990s. Um, my opinion on George W. Bush is I think he is and was a good man who really was not running his administration as much as many of the other gentlemen I've listed here, uh, and made it, you know, from my standpoint, I guess I used to say this, maybe I don't feel this way anymore, but up until a few years ago, um, you know, in my lifetime, invading Iraq was, was, you know, it's just, I, I could, first off, I couldn't believe it when I, when I saw, saw it happening in March of 2003, and then secondarily, what wound up happening um, but I was totally against it in advance. And, um, you know, I mean, that, that's why, you know, I voted for him in 2000. I'm just like, well, it doesn't matter. I cannot vote for him in 2004. And it's not like I was a huge John Kerry fan. I'm just like, once that happened, I don't give a damn who does it. Republican, Democrat, I just couldn't care any less. I'm just like, that was, that was, that was brutal. Um, so, you know, I, th- I mean, I think if I'm voting, I'm in the Reagan-Obama uh, category as well. I think I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think the way that this fell, uh, is what I would have expected. Reagan, Obama, then, then Clinton, and then, you know, monster drop off percentage wise, uh, with the other three, um, presidents, the, the two Bushes and, um, President Trump. All right. So there it is. Gallup Palooza. Uh, you're talking politics. You're talking sports. Oh, and TMA. Um, I, I still haven't done that one yet. I was wrapping up Gallup Palooza. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Hopefully, I can find it because I don't think I hashtagged. Uh, I don't think I hashtagged it, and now I got to find the line combinations. So this week, the show is celebrating its 16th birthday. Um, And, uh, you know, oftentimes I get asked a lot of TMA or morning grind-related questions. There certainly is plenty there when it comes to uh, stories, certainly. Uh, And there are uh, all kinds of uh, combinations we have had in the 16 years. Now I realize I'm not talking about like, Oh, I really liked that one day, you know, and in general, 
So, you know, whether it be like a Charlie Marlowe or a Jay Jr. who have recently been consistent um, people who fill in mainly for the cat um, when he's out on the road with the Cardinals, but producers, board operators, um, you know, and then different combinations of hosts. And I really want to find this. I'm scrolling down. I mean, I mean people say you you know the, this the acting like the questions from the audience is done on the fly this is uh this is this is very elaborate if it's done on the fly um by the way are you cut or uncut uh since Iggy brought that up this week on the show 427 cut eight uncut fun facts for no one tell there's an by the way if if I'm analyzing just numbers I would have said I would have thought the uncut number would be way higher. For the record, I'm cut. So there it is, the Gallup Palooza portion of questions from the audience here on the Tim McKernan Show. Uh, you are always welcome to send in your questions, your comments, whatever. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, TheHomeLoanExpert.com, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Jim Rogers, Restoration One of Central St. Louis, and uh, Design Air, Heating and Cooling. They all make it possible uh, to uh, have this podcast every week for you here on the Inside STL Podcast Network. If you are looking for somebody to take care of your air conditioning, make sure you do business with Design Air, Heating and Cooling. They're online at designairservice.com. We actually had our air conditioning go out a couple weeks ago, and Seth Goldcamp came over. Uh, one of the staff members came over within like an hour and fixed it. That is the kind of service they practice there. So if you have any issues, designairservice.com, design air heating and cooling. And then when we had issues with basement uh, water damage, Jim Rogers of Restoration One, uh, Restoration One of Central St. Louis.com is where you will find them, uh, came over and he saved the day. He absolutely saved the day. And I realize a lot of people are going, well, I don't have any damage right now. Otherwise, I wouldn't be relaxing listening to a podcast. And I totally understand that. But what I'm saying is this. Uh, save the name. Know the website. Restoration1 of CentralStLouis.com. And so if and when the time comes that you know that you are going to uh, be utilizing somebody for damage in your home, you go into Restoration1 of Central St. Louis. Dot com, or if you uh, want to store the number in your phone, do so right now. 314-888-5266. It's Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com. And of course, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. The name of the game is having somebody you can lean on when it comes to being a financial advisor. Well, Mark Hanna is that person. You've gotten to know him from TMA and from being a sponsor of the Tim McKernan Show here for the last couple of years. You need somebody. Make sure that person is somebody who helps everyday people every day. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And my insurance agent. James Carlton, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. I made the switch to James Carlton about a year and a half ago, a little more than that, and I did so because I was so impressed with his customer service, his knowledge, his follow-up, his office 
being open and and, uh, and when they're open, you're talking to a live person right when you call in. You're not patched through a switchboard or pressing buttons to try to get to somebody live. That's what you do. And that's the way I think you run a business. And I think people appreciate that. And he goes above and beyond to make sure that's the practice of James Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves. Make the switch. You'll be happy you did. I certainly am. They do all the work for you when you make the switch. James Carlton, 314-961-4800. All right. From my basement, the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, this has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.